Hello and welcome to The Plotting Shed. You're listening to Rachel McCarty, founder of plotplots.com and author of the book I Want to Like My Garden. Each week, The Plotting Shed discusses different aspects of garden design, but we focus on things that other books don't really talk about. I hope you enjoy this podcast and do please hit the subscribe now button so you don't miss another episode. Well, hello and a very warm welcome back. How lovely it is to be back with everybody again. It seems like it's been ages since I last spoke to you. So welcome back to The Plotting Shed. I hope you've all had a restful winter time, but now the daffodils are coming up, the crocuses are coming up, the sun is just beginning to feel a little warm on your face again, and so spring is, spring is springing. It's very lovely to be back here for the spring and for a new season of The Plotting Shed. So what are we going to talk about this series of 10 episodes? Well, I was going back over all of the podcasts and all the thousands of downloads that have been made from the podcast all over the world. It's really bonkers. Like I said, I think the only place I haven't been downloaded in, in a, as a continent is Antarctica. So it's really lovely to speak to everybody around wherever you are in the world. But I was looking back and I was thinking, right, well, what are the most popular downloads? Which ones are people really enjoying listening to? And I was having a look and it's very much about the, the, the gardening and, and how to put right or the wrongs of the garden or how you deal with the problems that your garden throws up in terms of designing. And it's those really simple, useful, practical tips that I try and in part that will help you make your decisions about what you do in your garden and how you can make your gardens better. So that's what I thought we'd concentrate on for this series of podcasts, which is whatever the situation is with your garden, whether it's a first time garden, how do you begin to to make it happen? If you've got young children or little people running around and how do you fit those two problems of flying footballs and, and and a nice place to sit without being hit by one in a small space and all those kinds of things. And then I was going to look at getting round the problems that your garden throws at you. Because let's face it, we can't change everything in the garden. We have to work with things. So if your garden is a wide and skinny garden or it's a long and narrow garden or it's a really awkward shape or the garden really doesn't get much sunlight um, during the course of the day you're in shadows of buildings or it's just a really exposed place what can you do in that small space to make it be a, a better garden for you so i thought that's what i would go through over the next few weeks so do please hit the subscribe button so you don't miss an episode. I'm still going to keep the episodes to about 20 minutes because I think after that, you listening to me for that length of time, I'll have warbled on enough. And it's I've always thought it's the, it's the dog walking podcast. You know, you can pop them on 20 minutes. You can listen to me waffling on or if you're coming back from the school run or 
your commute to work, it's not too long a programme for you to listen to. And then hopefully, we'll see what happens this year, I've applied to try and get back to Chelsea again. So they did send me an invitation saying, would you like to apply for press passes again? I've, I've put my little penny worth in. So hopefully, you never know, we might, we might get into Chelsea this year. But I know the, the lists for media people getting in are very long and the, the available slots for media personnel, if you're not the BBC, is very short. So we will see what we can do, but it would be lovely to get in on, on press day and go and have a look at that because this year again they're stepping up their concentration on small gardens and balcony gardens. And actually this time with the balcony gardens they're giving the designers a limited budget, which I think is a much more sensible approach. Because let's face it, we all have pretty limited budgets at the moment, which are getting even more limited with everything that's going on. But I won't talk about that. So what was I going to talk about today? Now, I've been having conversations with uh, my customers over the last few months and, and I've been designing a number of gardens or bits of gardens or small spaces. And it's been really interesting listening to the, the run up that has got my customer to come to the, you know, the point that they have come to me. And I've been quite staggered, I have to say, at the costs and the budgets that garden design or designers or landscapers have been presenting to customers, um, which are just eye-watering, I have to say. I've always regarded garden design. There is a lot you can do for not a lot. It just requires the fact that you need to be a little bit more inventive. But to be more inventive, you need to understand what you're trying to, to solve and the best ways to do it, because then you can be inventive. You can apply those principles to your own garden. It struck me that a lot of the design process that people are going through just puts them on this kind of funnel approach where their sold or suggested ideas for the garden, but all it does is it's building in cost after cost. And the, the bit that comes the last is the planting. And I just think it's all a bit upside down and the wrong way round, because that's not the way that I've ever considered designing. Because I don't do the design and build element of the garden. I don't need to maximise my revenue as a designer by creating structures and areas and parts of the garden that I can build an income stream from, i.e. building the hard landscaping. I can just use the ideas of how we can make the garden better and then give those to the customer and they can then go away and begin to create. And it's a much more cost efficient process for you. I had a customer, you know, I was designing a front and back garden for them in, in December this year. And she'd got this front and back garden, but we, we were limited because the hard landscaping was already there. And there wasn't the budget really to change it. But she'd gone to speak to some landscapers um, to come back with some ideas for the garden. And the quote was £40,000 for a garden. Now, I don't know about you, 
But I kind of think that's a little bit bonkers because it just doesn't need to be like that. Obviously, you're going to be buying plants and there will be a couple of structural changes to the garden because the patio needed to be, it was very dated and it needed to be relayed. So that was the biggest capital expenditure. But the design that I created and with the changes that she would have made, including the plants, probably would have meant that she could then do front and back garden for a little over £15,000, which would be everything all in and would have a garden that was much more functional and much more usable. And it got me thinking, we start this design process from the wrong end. How do you make garden design affordable? Because it's becoming almost unaffordable and that's such a shame. So this is how I think we should be doing it. That the basic starting principle is that plants are really good at hiding awkward bits, ugly bits, funny shaped bits, differences in, in, in levels, dips and hollows and bumps and knobbles and all the rest of it. They can hide ugly views. The best bit is that plants are generally much cheaper to get into your garden to create a difference than hard landscaping changes. So if you're looking at your garden and you're thinking, right, I have got problems with the garden and what do I need to do? Rather than thinking, what can we build to, to make something look spectacular? If you started from the other end and thought, okay, if I have only got plants, if I can only use plants to make this garden better, what plants do I need and how would I need to use them in order that I disguise that, that I can create something over here, that I can hide that ugly view, that I've got this hollow and dip that just makes the garden look a bit weird, but I can't level it out. What can I do? So if you took that approach, if I've only got plants to use, how would I do it? Then that works it back. The space that I need for the plants, how much space do I need for the plants to be able to do that? And it begins to then give you the spaces and the areas that you need to use for plants because then they'll have this job that they're doing. And then the areas that you have for yourself. It's all about understanding what you want the garden to be used for and how you want to use the garden and what stops you from using the garden in that way. And to be brutally frank, putting in a pergola or putting in a new patio isn't going to change that problem. It's not going to make your garden better simply because you've spent £15,000 on an Indian sandstone patio because you haven't tackled the right problem. So you need to understand what the garden is going to, you're going to use the garden and, and what problems the garden has to solve for you to use that garden and enjoy using it more than you do now. By keeping it to plants and not stuff, you're keeping the idea and the reason that you're creating the design simple. And ultimately, if you can find a way to make, you know, by adding certain plants in certain areas for a few hundred pounds that creates the, the effect that you want, it's a much better way 
to design because it's it's cheaper it's more efficient it uses less resources it uses less money but if you use the garden more it's a win-win i was talking to this particular customer who was who'd had this forty thousand pound design bill in who i'd also spoken to this another customer in the summer who had tried to get a garden designer coming in and the the, the start-off point was £1,500 just for them to come in and do an analysis of the garden. Well, that's a darn sight more than I charge for, for my designs and they get the complete picture. So what I'm saying to you is design doesn't have to be unaffordable. But what we've got caught up in is trying to create images of gardens that that look like they should be fabulous but then might not deliver. And one of the questions I ask, I ask all my customers now, because it's actually quite salient point, I suppose. Does your garden disappear when you close your eyes? So if you're sitting out on your patio, on your chair, on your nice outdoor seating area, and you shut your eyes, what happens to the garden? Can you touch it? Do you feel it? Do you smell it? Do you hear it? Because pergolas and patios and paths and raised borders and designer furniture and patio heaters and and parasols disappear when you close your eyes. It's the plants and what the plants attract that makes the garden fill your senses. And to put those at the end of the design equation means that you spend your time and resources on the bits that don't actually change how the garden makes you feel. You need to identify what's wrong or what's missing. And in the podcast that we're doing over the next few weeks, hopefully I shall go through all of those, you know, some of the sort of things that you could, the questions that you can ask of your garden so that you get the right answers coming out. Because if you can make your garden better by not spending lots of money on it, then I I think that's brilliant, you know, and I think that's what me as a designer should be trying to do. But I'm not making you spend more money than is necessary. The way to start thinking about your design and how you're going to do it, you need to consider the worst of the time of the year that your garden has and how it looks at the worst time of the year and deal with the design elements, the problems that the garden throws up at the worst time of the year or the worst time of the day. And that's your design starting point because if the garden looks okay and functions reasonably well in the worst bits, it's only gonna be much better when everything else around it is better. So it's all about raising, it's instead of raising the top level, if we lift the bottom level and make that better, the garden becomes more usable. It's about maximising the space. It's about understanding how you need to use that space and how you're forced to use the space right now and what changes you need to make to be able to use the space how you want to. Now, for me, if we get those spaces right, plants are very good at then hiding all the other bits. So if you think of it this way, that 
you don't ever put plants in areas that you want to use because that then reduces the the enjoyment you have in your garden but the plants then go in the spaces you're not going to use or you wouldn't want to be in the garden then you maximize all the areas of the garden everything is working but for a different purpose so garden design can be affordable but it's about knowledge and it's about understanding principle and it's about understanding the whys and the hows of what you're doing something rather than getting caught up into oh yes they've built a new patio over over here and then we're having a path that meanders down through the lawn and then there's a another patio at the end that's not a way to design a garden that's just a way to make you spend more money so i'm hoping that this series of podcasts you will enjoy because everyone will hopefully be able to relate to some element of the each particular show that I do so I hope you listen it will be it will be lovely for you to pop some comments on tell me what you think or maybe even a suggestion for something that you think is a problem that we that I haven't uh, looked at and I can do a podcast on that so you can drop me a line rachel at plantplots.com and let me know if, you, if there is a specific thing that you would like me to talk about. But just before I go, I was very excited. I have been super, super, super busy over the November, December, January. I have completely relaunched and repurposed my entire website, plantplots.com. So I actually spent a load of money with somebody who understood what they were doing to create a new website for me. And it all looks very glossy and it's all very lovely. So I'm very excited. So do please tell me what you think about my website. Think it's good, pass it on, share it with your friends, pop it on Facebook, tell them it's fabulous. Tell them this is the best garden design website you've ever been on. And you can, you can all make your gardens better as a result of it. And don't forget, I do have my book, which you can buy, which uh, has been really lovely, actually, because I've had six now, six or seven people have got in touch with me. Um, having bought and read my book, um, they then got in touch with me to design their gardens for them, which is lovely. It's really, really, you know, it's a really nice fluffy warm feeling that somebody's a bought my book and b read it c liked it and then i've designed their garden so it's it's been a really really nice process i have to say that one so i do have my garden my book as you say it's i want to like my garden um, which you can get at online bookstores or usually in amazon but it's an ebook or a paperback book so do go and have a look at the website. Do tell me what you think. I mean, obviously, it's there for to help you. If it doesn't help you or it, if it's missing things that you would like, just drop me a line and I will see if I can put in the help and advice that you think uh, would really be beneficial. And in the meantime, I will look forward to speaking to you next week. I will try and load all of the podcasts, record all the podcasts, and they will go up on a Friday afternoon. Um, apologies if occasionally the odd one might come in a bit late because it's coming into my really busy designing period at this point in time. I should have really done all this podcast recording back in the back in the winter, shouldn't I? But there we are. It's it'll do now. So we will talk about everything. And next week we are going to talk about family friendly gardens. 
and how what the main considerations you need to have to make your garden a fun place for you and the children to be in and what are the key design principles behind having little people in the garden as well as big grown-ups who like to do different things in the garden to little people. In the meantime, thanks for listening and please don't forget to hit the subscribe button or you can make a donation to the show. If you go on my website, there is a little button that you can buy me a coffee. Anything would be hugely appreciated and I will look forward to speaking with you next week. Bye for now. Well, thank you for listening. You have been listening to Rachel McCartane of The Plotting Shed. If you've got any questions about this podcast, please email me, rachel at plantplots.com, or you visit the website with loads of different information on garden design and gardening advice, along with planting plans that you can download. You can look at the designs that we've created. So do take a look and please do hit the subscribe now button so you don't miss another episode. You can also donate if you go onto the website plantplots.com. There's a little button there saying you can buy me a coffee. So all donations will be hugely appreciated. Thank you very much. Enjoy your week. Enjoy your garden. Take care and stay well.